is the multiverse real? And why are we so fascinated with it? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking peoples, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual and the only cult that wants you to think more, not less. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, my own evil twin. And with me, as always, is my melodiously, marvelously maddening co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and the the Nathan in this version of reality <laughs> that's the darkest version of the reality. I'm the dark <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, I, I most people would probably buy that. Yeah, <laughs> there's some there's someone out who's a really cheery, nice Nathan in some universe out there. Exactly, um, but this one is not. It. He's a he's a, he's a, he's a happy atheist instead of like really a, a, a dark. Or maybe Christian. I'm just the mid Nathan in one of these uh, realities. Maybe there's like really a, a truly evil like mastermind Nathan taking <laughs> like, over the world. No, I I do see that. I could see that. I definitely like you know the full on psychopath Nathan. I think yeah, I think I'm the neutral, the neutral reality. You're like, yes, exactly. You're you're lawful neutral. So <laughs> there we go. We've gone from like multiverse references to like D and D all at the same time. This is gonna be a great, great episode. And I have no doubt that there's an evil Joseph in an alternate reality. Just yeah, I, maniacally <laughs> and totally just taking over the world. You know, maybe he can give me notes. You know, maybe <laughs> like, we're friends in that po- in that reality too in a podcast and we took over the world with our podcast in this evil reality pinky are you pondering what i'm pondering i you know hey well that's uh, uh, you know well we're gonna get into that you know the theoretical True. possibility of that that's uh <laughs> that's what today's episode is about no so yes as you, you gathered uh today we're talking about uh multiverses um whether or not they exist or whatever any anything regarding multiverses we're talking about today um so this multiverses have actually really become gotten a real big resurgence in the conversation and partly because of all of the ways that multiverses are being used in pop culture nowadays you have marvel movies and with you know the show wandavision and of course doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and of course you have dc comics movie flashpoints and then you have star wars even getting into the multiverse angle in order to decide what's, uh, what parts of their continuity they want to uh, accept as real or not. But aside from being something that, you know, uh, pop culture uses, multiverse, which of course is the idea that there is not only this universe, but there are multiple universes that exist outside of our universe, is something that is talked about seriously in scientific circles as well. Uh, there's a couple of Forbes articles by uh, Ethan Siegel, who talks about, you know, titled, of course, you know, uh, yes, there must be a multiverse uh, that uh, argues from a scientific standpoint that uh, you there must be a multiverse that exists out there. So this is something that exists both in pop culture and in science. So anyway, I guess it gets started with Nathan. Uh, do you believe in a multiverse? And if so, why? And does it matter? <laughs> well, this is... This is an interesting question, I always yes. ask. Um, but real quick, I'm going to explain to any of our listeners uh, what the multiverse theory actually Go kind of is. 
Uh, and I just watched a documentary on this, so Ooh. I should be able to describe well, although I'm sure my explanation will be lacking in some way, shape, or form, because I am not a scientist. I am just a uh, person with a lot of opinions and time that, to watch that will be the that will, that will be the um, the starting point for each sentence. Well, I'm not a scientist, but... <laughs> <laughs> that should just go without saying. We're not scientists, yes. but we are philosophers. Yes. So um, all the scientists hate philosophers uh, and vice versa. And vice versa, but, yes. So the multiverse theory is a theory that um, I, I guess it kind of came about in the past uh, little while, and by little while, I mean in decades, but it's essentially a theory that states that we are not just one universe mm -hmm. that expands into um, uh, into infinity. We are, in fact, like basically we this universe that we live in is essentially just a uh, like another galaxy that's a part of other right. galaxies. So we're part of a million other universes. And I guess the theory goes that um, with a, with an infinite amount of space and an infinite amount of time um, and, and, and a finite amount of matter, that matter will, matter will rearrange itself um, in infinite different ways, meaning that there's, like we were joking about earlier, that there's a me out there, but I have brown eyes instead of blue eyes because matter will, will rearrange itself um, infinitely in infinite infinite amount of space. This fry is your universe. It's soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious normal fry is my universe. And the interesting thing is this theory kind of came to prominence recently, um, back maybe 10, 20 years ago, when there was kind of the, um, the very popular debate between theists, Christians, and atheists. And um, the question that theists would always get on um, atheists is ultimately, where, how do you get something from nothing? We always push the question all the way back and say, okay, great. So the big bang, fine. Uh, so the expanding universe, fine, but it all comes back to wh what started this. Why is there something rather than nothing? And, you know, the big names in on the Christian side who I study a lot are Lord, uh, William Lane Craig and John Lennox. And they would put, put these questions to people like Lawrence Krauss and Richard Dawkins and, um, uh, uh, and Sam Harris. And among Daniel, then among many others, and they had these great rousing conversations. So I really encourage you to go watch these debates. But the multiverse theory started kind of being used. Obviously, it was um, formulated much before these guys got a hold of it. But it was started to be used as a way to explain away the need sure. for using God um, as the ultimate, the beginning, the prime mover. He he started everything. He put everything in um, to motion because that's where they would always struggle. You know. Um, who, who was it? Uh, Stephen Hawking said uh, famously that we don't need God um, to explain why everything, why there's something rather than nothing because we have gravity. And John Lennox famously replied and said, you just said, because we have gravity. So where does gravity <laughs> come from? And so it, it does seem, and, and multiple theist um, apologists, have been, it kind of seems like they're kicking the, the can a little further down the road as far as they can. So, well, well actually, we're just... In, in a myriad of um, universes that are just coming out of nowhere. Uh, so that's a little introduction. Sorry, that was a lot packed into it. And I very badly explained exactly what it is. So please go look more. But the theory is that there's a bazillion universes out there. Uh, so we don't need God to explain why this one exists because it just popped into being from another universe or whatever it might be. Um, but my question would start with, okay, so let's, go, let's assume that you're right. There is a multiverse that there were just one universe and, and uh, billions, an infinite amount of more well, who's, who created those universes? So if we keep, keep on kicking the can down. Do I think there's a multiverse? I think it's highly unlikely. Um, I think to me, it seemed that it was sometimes science can look for things out of necessity. 
necessity and come up with theories that fit that um, necessity and the necessity being here, uh, we need an explanation for why this universe exists without God. Um, but to me, it seems um, fairly flimsy explanation because I, I don't see any, you know, if we're talking scientifically here, any evidence for it outside of um, wild theory. There's been no scientific evidence for it. It is just, I mean, essentially, it's, it's really just a hypothesis, um, but it is fun. And that it is a fun thing to play with. Imagine if there's another you. Imagine there's another universe that looked like this, but everything was made out of, you know, plastic. You know, trees were plastic, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but I don't see, when you look at the fine tuning of the universe, when you look at how delicately um, it was made, and I'm, talk I'm not talking just about us and evolution, how we came to be, I'm talking about just the actual matter of the universe, how cells and the, the, um, the, the, the smallest particles in our universe stay together because of this, uh, this delicate balance and dance. It seems to me very highly unlikely that one, the multiverse would ever explain away God. And in fact, you just need more explanations um, that would that would uh, require God. And two, there's just so little evidence. I don't see that being a reality. I don't see the multiverse being a real thing. Allow me to put on my skepticals. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because the multiverse theory is sort of, um, it, it's a fairly recent thing. I mean, the first recorded use of it was as early 1870s by um, by a William philosopher William James. He was sort of using a different context though, because he was talking about sort of you know moral ideas. Um, but a lot of it really came into prominence with 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 science fiction. And you're right, you know, a lot of us, you know, so like there's two places where sort of you hear people talk a lot about you know the multiverse. I mean, one of the places in science fiction. And of course, science fiction, you know, use the multiverse as a way of exploring, of, of, of exploring philosophical concepts outside of the bounds of, you know, of otherwise, you know, reality. So it's like, you know, Star yeah. Trek, everybody remembers where Star Trek is having this very um, classic episode where good Spock meets evil Spock, you know, where the good universe mm. meets the evil universe. And of course, that was really not about, you know, the multiverse and whether or not it exists um, in the reality, but it was a way of exploring what makes Spock character heroic, what makes our characters heroic versus not. Like it was a way of exploring what's the thing that makes, separates good from evil or a good society really in the future, like a utopian society from a dystopian society. And so the, the multiverse sort of, what's interesting is that the multiverse is p more interesting because, and people seem to like the multiverse because of its emotional um, mm. power rather than its sort of scientific explanatory power. You know, I just saw a really insightful TED talk and I can't really remember what the guy said. It was more about how he made me feel. So you have, you know, again, Ethan Siegel who writes in it, he, he has gives a sort of a scientific explanation for like why, um, why uh, he thinks that the multiverse has to exist. He kind of talks about, okay, if you look at, uh, the the way that um, you know atoms work and matter works again I'm not a scientist I use a lot of stuff was over my head but it's like it doesn't bend sort of at the edges of what we see and so it seems like things should be going on further then then it just continue to go on further and he talks about your know, quantum physics and stuff like that but a lot of what he talks about also in there it's interesting is that it's like you know it makes sense with my worldview because it's like That's you shouldn't is, yeah. be special. It's like, you know, our sun is not special. It's just one star out of many. Our 
um, our, our, you know, our galaxy is not special. It's one galaxy out of many. So our universe shouldn't be special. It's just one universe out of many. And that's the thing is that, you know, again, from wherever the sort of, it really is a modern secular kind of, um, uh, you know, I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's like, it seems to be, it comes into, po- I mean, into popularity after God sort of is taken out of the um, sort of most uh, of people's imaginations. And it does seem to be that it's filling this emotional need to say, there's something more out there, but then it also mm. it fits the worldview that we're not special. Because that's the thing you point out is that where these conflicts between Christians and atheists would come is that the Christians would say, it's ridiculous that we should exist. The fact that we're so special in club means that, because, you know, it's the whole probability thing where it's like, it's so improbable something like this exists that if we do exist, there must be a creator. And the only way of saying that that's not true is to say we're not actually special. So the mm-hmm. odds are really actually good that we exist because there's an infinite number of multiverse uh, of, of, of universes. And so it becomes sort of a, uh, a way of validating a worldview, which doesn't mean that it's wrong. But you point out something very important, which is it's one of those things that we talked about this with the, um, what do you call it, our relieving assimilation. It's not something you can really prove scientifically because it's in another universe and everything's scientific. Almost like God. <laughs> it's almost like God. So just like God, you know, again, and, and I don't mean this, I am a Christian, but I don't mean this, God was an explanation for stuff that to make the universe make more sense. And I think that happens to be right, but it is an explanation. It's not something you can test scientifically. It's something that you, to explain the way make the universe make sense. Yeah. Right, exactly. The multiverse has become the new induction, you know, yes. in that way, and, which and is it's a, a way to do it without, um, uh, without appealing to God. I remember watching right. the debate between um, Lawrence Krauss, a, a, a theoretical physicist, and um, one of the great modern philosophers, William Lane Craig, and Craig is, you know, just a master um, of debate and, and uh, logic. And he kept on pushing Krauss to the point of goes, okay, okay, fine. You know, had, Krauss had all these objections and he kept on pushing him and said, okay, why does anything exist? Why does something exist rather than nothing? That's a question right. that really all scientists have, have been looking and trying to answer, you know, the, the theist scientists, um, many of whom have had our greatest discoveries, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> are, they would appeal to, well, there's a creator, there's a prime mover, there's a mind behind the universe. And um, Krauss just said, well, there's more multiverse. We don't need to worry about that. Right. And uh, very, very dismissive. And one of the biggest uh, critiques of Christianity's worldview when it comes to science and existence is that this, this concept called God of the gaps. That sure. basically, if there's a gap in our knowledge and we don't know how something works scientifically, Christians just come in and just throw God right in the middle and say, well, God did it. You know, it's b- before we exactly. knew why thunderstorms happened rather than saying, you know, it, it's this air, this wind pressure hitting this wind pressure, different blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, and then if that results in uh, rain, blah, blah, blah. They would just say, well, God does it. The gods did it. And right. so you can see why that's a valid critique because a lot, you can't just say, well, God just did it as an explanation, e- explaining things right. away. But it seems now that many scientists singular philosophers are using the multiverse in the same way they yeah, criticize multiverse of the gaps god yeah multiverse <laughs> of the gaps well we don't know so it's probably the multiverse something to do with the multiverse right. and to me i want to reiterate by the way if there i don't know if there's a multiverse i just think right. it's unlikely but if there is that doesn't shake my faith in god I, in fact it just says 
well, now you don't need a God to explain one universe, but an infinite amount of <laughs> Yes. Universes. So it's like, I feel like you just made your problem worse. And that's just how, how I see it. And I'm not a master physicist by any means, but it right. does seem that, like you said, it, it has a certain explanatory power um, that, that we can induct in our arguments that, that we don't, in a way that we don't have to use God because God has passed away. We don't want to use him because it comes with a lot of, God comes with a lot of um, ramifications. Yeah, that we do. We have certain, this new thing that we can right. put in the gap. No, that's that's interesting. I, I think it's I think it's interesting because um, when I read how people talk about well, well, there's one Christian apologist who I don't remember which one it was. I, I we both had the our teenage years where we read a lot of <laughs> Christian apologists. So um, forgive me uh, if you are if you're a Christian apologist and you're listening to this, you can say, ah, I said that, and we'll yeah, right. We'll, we'll mention it on the next episode. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, but what it says that um, it, it, it is that people. Um, you know, uh, talk about the multiverse the way that, oh no, the, the, that people talk about God. But also, if somebody believes in the multiverse, they should have no trouble believing in a heaven or a hell. Because yeah. it's like, well, there's an infinite possibilities. Why couldn't there be something that's like a transcendent place that's the way we expect heaven to be or we expect hell to be? Heck, if there's a multiverse, why couldn't there be a God? I mean, you would expect if there's infinite possibilities, then you know, God could exist in one of those universes. You know, maybe there's a universe where the Christian worldview exists, or you know, like I mean, you would think there's infinite possibilities. There would be one, and maybe it's ours. You know, so well, like, the the big contention of Christianity is you you dilute science so you can believe in fantasy, right? Now, obviously, we have reasons as to why we don't believe that's true in science and God. Um, right. it, it, all of science and truth comes from God, but that that's a whole other discussion. But the big criticism is. So you just want to believe in a bunch of fairy tales instead of science. And to me, this seems like a fairy tale. I yes. mean, there's no accident why this is used in the, the craziest TV shows yep. and movies. I mean, you, you look, it's in the event, like you mentioned earlier, it's in Avengers and Rick and Morty cartoons. Yep. Yep. And it, the list goes on and on and on. So it seems it's just interesting why people are so, um, so desired not to quick call Christianity or theism in general a fantasy while going, but here's a way cooler fantasy that I like because it doesn't require anything moral um, of me. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, it's interesting. The new, the new fantasies that you, could, you know, that people have. And again, I'm saying these fantasies, it's like, it's speculative. It's like speculative imagination. So yeah. it's like, okay, you know, like time travel, like, you know, like, you know, the multiverse, like we're living in a simulation, things like that, where it's like, hey, you can't, test that you can't prove that but it's interesting to think about and it gives you you know it, it's exciting we can use it in our movies we can is that a they give you something transcendent mm. they, it's something that's beyond us it gives you something that you can be put into relationship to it involves persons again all of these stories where the you know where where it's again it's you know a, you know I mean they're they're talking about you know the Spider Man it's like oh all the different Spider Man meet each other in Spider Man in the and in and uh, Spider Verse it's like okay these are other persons that we can develop relationships with that we are not alone and so it's transcendent to us but we also can develop relationships with but the other thing is 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 that because they are not God and because they are just people like us you know typically. Um, they and because they don't have a moral grab center to them, you know, they're just morally centered to the degree we are. They and because they're infinite, um, they don't require accountability. Like you can't demand something of us. Mm, no moral duties and obligations. Right, exactly. But also, 
you can pick and choose it. It's again, it's like Spider-Man. It's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, there's this Spider-Man and that Spider-Man. You can pick the ones you want. You can pick the ones that you'd be in relationship with. Just like sort of in the modern world, in the postmodern world, the postmodern world is defined by, we had this episode with Alyssa Wilkinson, if you want to go back and say, what is postmodern world? Is that there's no, no one telling you, you have to believe this. And so you can pick and choose what you want to believe. And so it's like, okay, you can pick the multiverse you want. You can pick the one that most pleases you, the one you like the most, and use that as the one that you have that's transcendent to the world you live in, but also you can have a relationship with it. That's an interesting thing that sparks this idea in my mind about why this is so meaningful created by a creator to desire to want um, specific things. And one of those desires is, and I'm using layman's terms here, but sure. it, it is a desire for heaven, a desire right. for the new world, for the new earth, a desire for redemption, a desire for um, an answer to the darkness and fractured right. aspect of this world, right? We, right? we want some more better. We want some more, we want to be better. We, we notice right. the fractures and brokenness in ourselves. And so we desire to be made new, uh, both ourselves and the world and the universe around us. And so I think that's an intrinsic desire to humans. We were made to long for the new world. We were made to long for God uh, giving us a place that is better. That's the fulfillment of all and the, and the right. redemption of all the brokenness that lives here. And so to me, I see a desire, especially in um, the, the multiverse theory that's taken off in, in pop culture about there's a thousand of yous, that there are an infinite amount of yous out there. That's a nice thought. When you feel particularly broken, when you feel particularly mm -hmm. sad or disappointing or hurt or, um, or, or shame, wh whatever it might be, the multiverse offers you this little insight into thinking that maybe there's a Nathan out there who isn't sad. Maybe there's a Nathan yeah. out there who's stronger and he got, he got what he was going after. Maybe there's a better world out there that's happy. Maybe there's a world yeah. out there where this didn't happen. Or maybe there's a world there where something that I really wanted to happen did happen. Yeah. And so it almost gives, it almost plays on this desire for heaven, desire for the new world yeah. that I think is intrinsic in humanity placed there by a creator. Um, and it gives you a way to um, want that without actually having to stand uh, face to face with God. But it does seem to me that it comes out of the desi the ultimate desire for um, for the better world. And so no. if we can make up a way that the better world might exist, um, then that's something that can be very powerful on the thought process of today. No, that's actually an excellent point. I mean, C.S. Lewis um, wrote in Surprised by Joy that in in a particular context, but he, he said that it's more important that heaven should exist than that we should ever get there. And mm. the, the idea that there could that, be that some will make a lot of people mad. Oh yes, yes. But the the idea, but it, um, but the idea that it is comforting to know, even if you never go to that perfect place that's in the multiverse or world, at least it's better. That it is comforting to a certain degree to think that it may exist out there. There's a, um, yeah. There's a uh, what was it? The again in in the Spider-Man comics when they were dealing sort of with a multiverse theory before it came uh, sort of to the movies, they had kingpins where his wife who died actually say like i actually gained comfort from the fact that there's a world out there where yes. my wife didn't die <laughs> um and so there's a world out there where nathan didn't mess up or where exactly. nathan got the he always hoped for where nathan lived a beautiful life or nathan whatever it might be right now of course that also has been used in fiction and you know there's a, a, a spider-man comic uh that came out a while back and also they did this in an anime justice league just like Christ unto earth, that the reverse of that is a kind of nihilism, which is that it doesn't actually matter what you do. 
Because whatever choice you make, there's another version of you out there that made the opposite choice. And so yeah. your choices don't actually matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's the sort of the, the underlying sort of nihilism in the multiverse theory. If you understand the multiverse the way that people do, which is that it, it can be like infinite, uh, uh, infinitesimal, tiny changes to life. That is just whatever choice you make, it splits off. Um, is that your choices don't actually matter because no matter what you do, there's somebody else that did made the opposite choice um, mm. out there. And that's, <clears throat> that's in a sense, again, again, like the philosophical emotional reason why the multiverse I don't think is real because if it, because that's not the world I think God created where our choices don't matter. I think that he, he is, <clears throat> that there is, uh, I, there was this video I watched a while ago that I can't find that was talking about in a sense in the universe is written all of the possibilities for what comes next, but not all of them are actualized. Um, mm, but like Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very easy. But we, um, but I think that ultimately our choices do matter. And if our choices do matter, it probably means that there are not other multiverses where we made the other choice. We are actually not replaceable. You know, if if we're, we're talked about as, you know, in the Christian idea, it's like we're, you know, God specifically decided to save us because we were not replaceable to him. And to me, that's a more comforting and more, wonderful, more beautiful idea than the fact that there's other versions of us out there. That's more interesting to me. However, that said, I love writing stories about it and watching stories about it because it's, it's a whole theoretical sandbox, a sand ground to play with, to explore these ideas and to build relationships between the ideas that, that we have and the parts of our personality. It's a very exciting, interesting idea to play with. Well, and it's and it's something good to wrestle with. That let, let's say it is proven true. How sure. that affect you see the world? Yeah, that okay. So yeah, would do you but, think that if that was true, it would make you feel sort of nihilistic that the choices you made didn't matter because uh, if you did, there's somebody else who made a different choice. Does that does that is that uh, helpful or hurtful to you or not? I think it would take. You mentioned how the multiverse it kind of gives. Well, I might have made the wrong choice, but somewhere there's a world in which I made the right choice. There's a world right. where I got the girl, won the race, whatever yeah. it might be, uh, made the touchdown, and so that's a. I think that's a comforting thing to a lot of people. Sure. But when there's not those infinite amount of worlds, infinite of Nathan's, all of a sudden it puts a lot of weight on the life sure. I'm living and the decisions I make here. And that's a really, really scary thing. Yeah. Unless you have a savior unless you have a savior. And yeah. so um, ultimately I want to take seriously every, um, every, every claim that has some sort of basis to it, some right. sort of evidence. I don't think this have a lot of evidence to it, but it's still fun to think about. But as we wrap up, I do want to answer definitively the question, do I think there's a multiverse or not? And I want to do it. Uh, like you said, what's the most likely option that there's yeah. a universe that there's a multiverse um, that apparently this multiverse and the infinite amount of universes sprung out of nowhere? Um, or is it more likely that even though neither of these things are provable, that there is a mind behind this universe and yeah. there's a, and then there's a reason why we exist here. And so if I'm just looking at probabilities, I would have to say, I think that they're the most probable explanation for creation that we can observe right now is that there was a creator. So that that's the one I'm, I'm currently at. Um, <sighs> But, you know, if, yeah. if there's a story, if there's a story that is beautiful, that a worldview, I think that again, the one that there's, there's a God we can have a relationship with, 
um, and that that gives us infinite possibilities for this universe is more interesting and fun to me as, as an idea. And our so, choices matter. And, and our choices, waiting. exactly, our choices matter. That creates a heroic drama in the universe. Um, that's that's very exciting yeah. to me. So, yeah. Anyway, so we want to know what you think, obviously. If do you think that there is a multiverse or the stuff we didn't deal with is what ways is the, is the multiverse beautiful to you? Um, and let us know. And maybe we'll pick up the multiverse thing in another episode. Heaven knows the pop culture will continually put out multiverse stuff to give us reasons to talk about it. And, and if we got something wrong or got please. something right, please let us know. We are not astrophysicists, um, but we sure do love talking in about these this things. reality. Yeah, exactly. In this reality, we're not. But now the ones we're the experts, and we know all of it. Um, but if you want to write us, please do. You can go to the overthinkersjournal.com. You can read some upcoming articles we have, find out more about the hosts, um, and let us know what you think of the episode, and maybe even pitch us some ideas for upcoming episodes. We're always yes. looking for fun topics to talk about. Also, real quick before we jump into blessings and curses, I might as well say it now. Um, if you want to talk about these things, like we just mm. talked about the multiverse, we literally, uh, I believe, had this discussion mm-hmm. on our overthinkers group. Yes, it's a Facebook group is a private place. We have hundreds of overthinkers on there. Uh, we have discussions daily. We just had a great trolley question. Um, oh, yeah. One that hundreds of comments, everyone's arguing, but all in good uh, nature and good humor. And we have a blast, a lot of memes, a lot of videos, a lot of articles, but it's so much fun. Please join. We'd love to have you on the overthinkers private Facebook group. And now, Joseph, what is it time for my favorite segment? Blesses and Curses, where we find one piece of pop culture or culture or art to bless and one to curse um, related to the topic at hand. So, Nathan, do you have uh, yours ready or would you like me to go first? I have mine ready. We'll Perfect. save best for law. Um, for the multiverse um, that I think it just ex- explores it in really, really fun and interesting way. Um, one is community. I watched all of community, uh, oh. during the lockdown and <laughs> it was and I'm, I'd be remiss to say, it. um, I was in an episode and if you see it, I'll send you five, I'll send you a five dollar gift to, to, uh, to Starbucks, but community <laughs> plays with these huge, the, the reason I love the show is because it plays with these huge classic questions and concepts, kind of like all the stuff we talk about yeah. on this podcast, but does it in a really fun and interesting and non, um, uh, how do I say this? Just egghead way. It's yep. fun and it's light and you, it helps you understand these things, these huge concepts in a small way, but they have one of the running things is the multiverse and that uh, this show is just what you're watching is just one um, uh, <laughs> of all these characters and you come into, you, you see other characters in the different universes. So it's so much fun. That's uh, so I think hilarious. community just does it in such a really fun, lighthearted way. This is the darkest, most terrible timeline. I would uh, also be remiss not to mention same creator of um, community also made a cartoon where he also deals with the, the um, multiverse in Rick and Morty. I'm a big fan. I know it's crass. I know it's blue. I know it's ridiculous, but it's really intelligent and it's really fun. And um, there's an episode in which they, the two characters are run being chased through all these different universes mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a universe where everything is made out of phones everything's a phone and people are the phone that people pick up. i mean and it goes to where everything's made of corn and it, it just it has all these different it just really plays with the concept in really fun ways um so i i love the multiverse um episodes especially when they're doing galactic multiverse tv and you can watch tv shows from different universes and they have the characters watch them they're ridiculous. They're improv, but it's just really fun. I also really liked um, Spider-Man Into the multi- Multiverse. Hey, 
Yeah. Uh, just as a movie, it was so much fun. And they created a game now. It's a beautiful, wonderful, um, really entertaining game that really used this concept well inside of a narrative. Um, now for my curse. Mm. I'm going to curse someone I mentioned earlier. Um, I don't want to curse him. I'll curse some of the things he said <laughs> in, um, in his debates. Uh, the work of Lawrence Krauss. Uh, Lo- Lawrence Krauss is a, um, a theoretical physicist who is famous, famously known for talking about the multiverse and, and using that to replace the need for God. I mentioned one of yeah. his debates earlier with William Lane Craig. Um, but in almost every one of his debates, he, he ends up doing this thing where he does the exact same thing, he accuses very rudely and meanly of his opponent, and he yeah. does it with the multiverse. So that's why I'm using this. Um, I think he uses the multiverse as a crutch, and he does not see his hypocritical actions um, yeah. in criticizing God for the very same uh, reasons he uses, in the very same way to uses the multiverse as a right. yeah. So that would be, I'm going to curse the arguments and work of Lawrence Krauss. And I'm not actually alone. I was looking this up earlier. Um, apparently a lot of even mainstream science used to be kind of the darling mm. of this world. Um, and apparently a lot of mainstream sites and scientists are now calling him out on his logical incoherencies, especially when it comes to in- inducing the, the multiverse um, in nice. his argument. So it's interesting that um, I am that You're first, not alone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not alone, even by secular standards. So that was right. very interesting. So I will curse the work of Lawrence Krauss. Joseph, Sounds great. Curse. So I'm going to uh, join you in blessing um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, I was wondering if I might have stolen that. Yeah, uh, it, I will. That's that'll be. I have another bless, but I, I'm going to uh, bless that as well because it does really. It, I mean, it's it's use of the multi. First of all, the art style, their innovative art style. If you want to look up, you know the, you know, it's so much of animation is derivative of just like, oh, Pixar did it perfectly, so we just have, can just can do yeah. do that. Um, but this one, they really did some amazing stuff with with animation. That's really fantastic. But again, they they they're using the multiverse as a way of saying you can be spider-man you can be a hero it can't it's not just Mm. that guy over there it's not just somebody who looks like peter parker it could be somebody who looks like you anyone can wear the mask you could wear the mask um and that way because you're in different multiverses and different universes it can be something that's built around you it's not that you you know spider-man you know you have to become spider-boy you know and in relation to him you can be a spider-man of your universe and that is a an inner truth that they're trying to get across that you could be spider-man even if you're not like peter parker um that i think is a a, hero of your story you can be the hero of your story that is a beautiful way to use that idea Mm -hmm. to tell something that is really true and beautiful um uh, so that is our, we're going to bless that for its artistic and its moral implications there. I'm also going to, uh, bless because I love this, you know, uh, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. It's an animated, uh, film that where they do the whole thing. Okay, let's take this. And again, well, the villain there is really philosophical. He thinks that, you know, it's, if because of the multiverse, it means that there's no choice, there's no free will. And so he wants to destroy the multiverse mm. because of that. And so it becomes a way of exploring the nihilistic implications of that. And I love a good philosophical villain. You're insane. Does it really matter? There are alternate versions of me that you would find quite charming. And it's just a fun, fun cartoon. So I definitely going to bless that. My curse is actually going to be something I've cursed before on this show, which is the, um, which is the movie Source Code. And that oh. one, that one is about somebody who 
through a very convoluted series of like, you know, technology of looking up memories and pa the past and stuff like that is able to, you know, change history and essentially create a separate timeline um, to, uh, uh, to, to get the happy ending he wants. But the, the thing is in order to get the happy ending he wants, he basically steals the body of somebody else. And, and that's an example of how the multiverse is sort of used to create fantasies that evade responsibility for this life. I mean, literally it's like I, because it's a multiverse thing, it doesn't matter that I stole this person's life, you know, because it's a multiverse, it doesn't matter. And I think that that's a danger in terms of this multiverse thing is saying things don't matter. And therefore we don't have responsibilities to act morally. Um, that's, I think that that's, uh, that is definitely a movie that very blatantly did that and very blatantly wanted you to have emotional satisfaction about something that was really horrible. So I'm going to curse that, a uh, very bad use of the multiverse. You really hate crypto. I really, really do. I really hate it. Yes. So, which means, of course, if we ever become famous, somebody's going to just give us, like me, like a bunch of copies of source code for like, gag gifts. This, 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 this It'll be me. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, I won't even mind. I won't even be mad. Well, awesome. Um, so, well, thank you guys again for joining us for this episode. Um, Nathan, if people want to uh, get in touch with us and uh, tell us how wrong we are, where should they go? Well, as I mentioned earlier, go to theoverthinkersjournal.com uh, and get in touch with us there. If you want to get in touch with me, you can just go to nathanclarkson.me and find me on all the social media. Love hearing from people, love connecting um, with anyone, especially if you enjoyed uh, the, 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 the episode. Also, right now I will say we are looking for yes. uh, writer articles on the Overthinkers Journal that we will be releasing this year. We're always looking for great um, pitches and ideas and angles about in a way to talk about these big things, faith, yep. philosophy, art, culture. So if you have an idea, please uh, go to the overthinkersjournal.com and send it to us. And Joseph, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I'm on all the socials, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, and you can also find me at my website, josephholmstudios.com. Well, thank you everybody. Thank you very much everybody for joining. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.